Bidzy Small Business Society number 97. You're listening to Bidzy Small Business Society. I'm Rob Barisoff. We talk to small business owners about what makes their small business successful. Connect with Bidzy Small Business Society at bidzy.com and grow your business. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers post projects for free in any of over 100 categories, including all types of home renovation, landscaping, cleaning services, photography, and many, many more. Now, if you're a business, Bidzy.com is a great way to find new customers because you are automatically notified each time a customer posts a project in your subscribed categories. So for example, let's say you own a roofing company and a customer posts a project in our roofing category. You are automatically notified via email or text and you can submit a bid at bidzy.com or use our internal chat system to introduce yourself to the customer and give them reasons why they should use you to complete their project. Monthly subscriptions start at $14.99. That's $14.99 per month for unlimited access to new customers and unlimited bidding at bidzy.com. Email rob at bidzy.com for more details or start your 30-day free trial now at bidzy.com. Welcome to another episode of Bidzy Small Business Society. With me today is Jeffrey Shaw. Jeffrey is the creator of a training program called Creative Warriors Unite, where he offers creatives new ways of thinking about business. As a business coach and powerful keynote speaker, Jeffrey encourages entrepreneurs to use their natural strengths to build businesses that are both profitable and fulfilling so they can make a living doing what they really love. Jeffrey is also a contributor to the Huffington Post, and more of his insights can be found on his popular business podcast called Creative Warriors. Welcome, Jeffrey. Can you first tell us more about yourself, then about what projects you're working on right now? Sure. Well, I think you covered it pretty well as far as <laughs> more about myself. Um, but yeah, I've, I mean, I've been a photographer for more than 32 years and uh, you know, quite a, quite quite successful as a an on location portrait photographer. Um, so that led me to kind of figuring out why I was successful at that. Uh, I started when I was twenty, and honestly, I can't say that I built my business initially very consciously. It was just sort of I just did things from gut instinct and did things the way they made sense to me. And it wasn't until I, I reached levels of success that that apparently other people recognize as being unusual. You know, uh, to me, we're always playing tennis of the better player. So to me, I never felt like I was overly <laughs> successful. I just was always striving. But then other, when other photographers started coming to me in droves and, and asking me questions, um, that started me in the process of figuring out, well, how did I do this? What, what, you know, what things did I do? And I realized what made me successful as a creative in business was I actually went against the grain of most of common advice. And once I kind of unearthed that concept, then I could start, you know, explaining it a little more specifically. And that led me into uh, initially coaching photographers. But seven or so years later, I I coach uh, people in business in a whole range of 
of industries. But what I have to say, what they all have in common is that they're all doing amazing things. They're all talented people um, who are trying to figure out how to succeed in business. Like they're super talented, but trying to figure out how to succeed in business because it either isn't working or it doesn't make sense to do business the way that they've seen it. Absolutely. And I want to take our listeners back to the beginning of your journey. But for right now, can you tell us how do the strategies differ for creative specifically rather than other business people? I know those uh, strategies are going to translate, but how is it different for creatives to get onto that business side of their journey? Yeah. One is to do business in the way it's more natural and comfortable to you, right? I mean, there's, there's, um, you actually want, nowadays you want to have less of a professional facade or creatives in business anyway, want to have less of a professional facade where, you know, in the eighties, when you went into business, when I went into business, the whole notion was, you know, fake it till you make it. There was a lot of facade, right? And companies often, small businesses, even solopreneurs, tried to make themselves look much bigger as a company than they really were. Sure. I think that's um, happening where, to a large degree in a lot of different uh, spaces right now still, right? It's still, and it's it's a very antiquated model. And, and particularly, we're also, nowadays, we live in this idea of, you know, authenticity and transparency. This is companies are striving to become across more authentic. They're striving to be more transparent, politics, business, et cetera. Well, we've already got that down. You know, we, we creatives in business, the small guys, the entrepreneurs, solopreneurs, we've got that in spades. Like we have the ability to be more transparent and we are authentic, right? So that's one way that, because we need, it's all about relationships. Uh, and, and speaking of relationships, that's another component of it. We, our journey is to Bring people, you know, in today's world of online marketing, the people that you're likely to serve could be so far in the stratosphere from your world right now. I mean, those people looking at our websites, looking at our Twitter pages that we are not currently connected with. And our job is to put out the content, to create the the lead magnets to create the value by giving first so that people that we don't even, we're not even remotely connected to right now become connected to us. And so it's, it's, it's an ongoing slow process of building relationships of trust. I want to hear more about how we do that in a little bit. And I have some questions on how you're doing that. So let's take you back though. Let's take our listeners back. You had to make a choice early on, Jeffrey. Can you take us back and tell us the story of how you got your start into entrepreneurship? Um, I've never not been an entrepreneur. Honestly, I, I've never had a job, a real job. Isn't that funny? I, I just said <laughs> I never had a job. Like, I don't even consider what I do a job. Um, I've never had a real job. I've never punched a clock. Um, One of those unemployable guys, right? I, I, I truly am. I, I, I'll, I fantasize. I'm like most people. I fantasize about having a real job someday. And my kids look at me and say, yeah, dad, you'd be the world's worst employee. Like, it'll never happen. And it's probably true. But I think that's why I want to do it. I want to prove to myself I can. Um, but I, I doubt I ever will. But honestly, there's never been a time I wasn't an entrepreneur. I, I you know, I did crazy things as a kid, like selling eggs door to door and Christmas cards. And, you know, so from the age of 14 on, um, I have always paved my own way. So I actually don't know any other way of being. But I think that's, again, that goes to why I'm so fascinated by businesses. I'm really curious about the psychology of it all. I'm fascinated by what how you build a relationship and how uh, in business and how, you know, what's the psychology behind people making purchasing decisions. That That's what fascinates me about business. Uh, so I, I've never not been an entrepreneur, to be honest with you. 
Get us into your head here. Just give us a couple, two or three tips. How do you build those relationships? What are you doing to first establish rapport and then cultivate those relationships, Jeffrey? Mm. You know, it's one of the biggest distinctive differences between my photography business and when I started my coaching practice. And again, I've been coaching now for about seven years from when I received my coach training. So I was in photography business for a good 25 years before that. And one of the distinctive differences I had to realize is that as a photographer, the people that I was serving weren't really that far away from me. It was kind of like two degrees of separation. Um, They were either going to be repeat clients or they were going to refer me to somebody or even if uh, you know they were in the same town I at least knew something about them I knew their values of you know being in the Northeast um, one of the distinct differences when you're uh, building a business whether you're a coach or you're and way if you're serving a larger market um, just due to the, the internet there there's a lot of people looking at your services and what you can do that are so far distant from you and that was a concept I had to first understand so that I could then address the question how do I build a relationship with them and at the end of the day it always comes down to uh, delivering valuable content or de- delivering value um, being being useful to other people online. If you're part of, uh, if you're part of groups where you engage in conversation with people uh, and truly uh, deliver information, I'm, I'm in members of you know, various Facebook groups for podcasters, and I have gotten clients. I coach some podcasters in that group because I continually showed up being valuable to people in the group. If people had questions, business questions, or even technical questions about a podcast, I would give information. And ultimately, you know, all of a sudden somebody reaches out to you and says, hey, you seem like a really cool guy. You're really helpful. Maybe you can, uh, I'm interested in your coaching services. So that, um, that to me is the most important thing really is just building relationships and beginning with people that are, just knowing you're beginning with people that are so far removed from where you are uh, that it takes a while to build relationships of, of trust and, and that, are, that are deep enough and meaningful enough that they would engage in your services. And I think the great thing about being online right now and creating those relationships is that there's hardly any vetting, right? Yes. I mean, in fact, I think you have to self-vet. You know, I, I sort of refer to it as, um, you know, these things we create in the world, they've got, uh, you know, things like lead magnets. You know, that's a that's a pretty typical term that we use in business. But I, I actually like the term because I think that represents a lot of what we are doing. I In my coaching, uh, my, particularly my my uh, online coaching program, The Creative Warrior Unleashed, we create what's called a standout statement. And I love this thing. This is like, that's one of the things I'm most excited about. A standout statement is a modern day version of a slogan or tagline. And the reason it's a modern day version of it is that slogans and taglines are cleverly created, uh, you know, from the head. People put together clever words and it seems really, you know, it's cute or compelling or whatever. But the fact of the matter is it's not, it doesn't magnetize. What a standout statement does, and there's a process to creating a standout statement. I mean, I, di- I go deep with people to figure out what it is that they want to stand for. What's their core message? Is their core message really true for them? Can it take them the long haul? Because, you know, this, this whole idea of being a creative warrior is not easy. So what you're committed to doing, the message you have, it has to be real for you. It has to take you the long haul. And then can we create a really compelling sentence or phrase in three to nine words, and I say three to nine words because that's about all the time you have to really be compelling. Like you need to fascinate and compel people in order to stand out online. So uh, the an effective standout statement, I refer to it as both a magnet and a filter. 
And this is the way we need to conduct ourselves in business. We need to magnetize and compel people that we want to work with while at the same time, we were talking a minute ago about the vetting process. At the same time, you want to filter out the people that don't get you, that you're not meant to work with because, you know, the, the, the net is so broad, right? I mean, I think that it's no joke that's called the internet. Right? It's a, it's a very big net. Um, so, we, as the small businesses and entrepreneurs, we have to do the right job at compelling the right people towards us and filtering out the, the people that, uh, that we don't want to work with. And it's more than just you know, filtering processes. To me, it's like if your branding is really good, the, your right clients should only get you. Like your brand should be, you know, you, you know brand. You can probably think of brands that don't at all appeal to you because they're, I don't know, too edgy or they're too whatever. Uh, but brands that resonate with your values, you're compelled to, to know more about them. That's what, that's brand, I, I'm really big about tight branding, uh, really owning your brand, the brand image that you create, the brand that you stand for, that it's something that you really believe in, and having a really tight brand right down to even the language. Sure. And I think you're, you're talking about narrowing that message down and niching it down instead of making it a really broad message, right? Yeah. And that's, you know, I, I love the fact you use the word niche because it's actually, it's one of the things that I, I talk about often, which uh, either compels or gets me the most amount of trouble. I'm for sure which um because <laughs> i'm very anti-niche like i always tell because i mainly because i think the it needs to be redefined and because the way people have understood niche businesses again one of those it's probably the biggest distinctive difference to a creative in business because creatives we chase squirrels we lack focus all those wonderful things that make us creative <laughs> um you know and traditional business advice advice wants you to not be that Right, which is again, which that's why I find it. That's why I do the work I do because I find it painful to see people put into a box. I find it outrageously painful to see beautifully creative people who can contribute to the world be told to get into a box and find a niche, figure out the one thing you can do and only do that, focus on that. And it just what I'm trying to do is reorient, if we're to use the word niche at all, to redefine it to being what is the one thing you want to stand for. I don't care if you want to figure out 10 different ways to express it, be a renaissance person. I don't care how many different ways you want to express it, but you do need to understand the one core message and the type of work and what you want to be known for. But I do not believe we should be limited to a niche as to how we do it. For sure. Uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here, Jeffrey. I want to ask you, what is your standout statement? Well, let's see. Actually, can I talk about somebody else's standout statement? Who yeah, sure. Let's do it. Honestly, it's more exciting to talk about somebody else's than my own. <laughs> um, and I can think of a few. So I'll talk about one, one photographer I work with. Her standout statement became, be seen, shine on. Very simple, four words: be seen, shine on, and you know it, it. It speaks to, and I have to say, she she does photograph primarily women. Um, but here's the cool thing: this is what's so wonderful about this. While she was a photographer, and we created it. Um, she's now becoming a, a speaker and uh, a coach herself. So she's expanding her repertoire because of her being able to identify this core need and a core need that people have. And she feels, particularly women, is they don't feel seen, right? I mean, they, they've devoted their lives to their family. They're, they're, you know, and they get to a point in their life where you know, maybe they want to be seen for who they are and maybe their children are growing. So as a photographer, that was really important for her to the message she needed to get out to people was to people who felt they were felt the pain they were feeling is that they didn't feel they were being seen, right? So 
through photography, she was elevating people to be seen and then shine on, you know, be seen for who you are and then shine brightly. And use those other talents in other areas of their lives. Exactly. But like I said, I mean, being seen is an inherent, it's like being heard, right? I mean, being seen and being heard, they're inherent human needs. And we all go through times and pain in our life where we don't feel like we're being seen. And, uh, you know, many of us, even as small businesses, feel that way. Like, we know we're really good at what we do, but we're not getting the recognition that we feel we deserve uh, or want. And so being seen is a big deal. And once she identified that, it then opened up doors for her outside of photography. She realized that this is this is a, a human need, particularly for the women that she wants to serve. And she can also accomplish that goal of helping women to be seen and to shine on, not just as a photographer, but also as a speaker and a coach. Uh, so that's an example of, you know, four simple words that if you feel, you know, you can imagine if you go to someone's website and it says, be seen, shine on. And if you think you're the you know, the top, the top dog and you're feeling really good about yourself and you've got lots of acclaim coming your way, that, that phrase is not going to resonate with you. Be seen. It's like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm already you know, seen, right? <laughs> I'm already seen. Like you're just not going to resonate. But if you're there in pain, feeling like you're at that point in life where, you know, you're not appreciated and valued for who you are and you come to a website to a photographer or, or a speaker that says, be seen and I'm going to help you shine on that's calling forward the right person at the right time that you're meant to work with. You know, at Bidzy, we have our own version of a standout statement, but based on what you're saying right now, I have a feeling like it might be a little bit too pragmatic, so we may have to rework <laughs> yeah. it. And to, to, to answer, you know, now, I'll, now I'll switch back and say um, my own standout statement as far as who I am as a speaker is uh, freedom fighter for the uncommon entrepreneur. Hey, all right. <laughs> right. So now, now I'll talk a little bit myself, but that's, you know, I, and that's why I reuse the phrase uncommon entrepreneur. I want to call forward the people that they know that they're in a funky business. Like, this is not the norm. This is not the, this is not the easy way. That's why that, and, and I want them to know I'm their freedom fighter. Like I am fighting for them to be free, to be who they are as an uncommon entrepreneur. That path may be a little bit different, even more difficult for creatives, I think, because that business mentality isn't necessarily given the same attention as just creating, you know? And it almost doesn't even exist. And quite honestly, I think it's also fair to say the definition of what a creative is, is in the way the context you and I are speaking of, is much broader than people have thought of in the past. And I think people are really getting this. We're not talking about traditional artists, right? Anybody that's in, by the mere fact of going into business for yourself, which is, you know, a hugely fast-growing trend. I read a statistic over the weekend that between 2010 and 2020, 19,000 college graduates will be created and let loose in the world. And yet there will only be 7 million job openings. So what are the other 12 million people going to do? Well, chances are, and all other indicators are saying as such, the chances are they're going to find their own way. They're going to create their own jobs. They're going to become podcasters or speakers. Sure, or it's gonna, never been easier, right? Right. And they've, they're, they're going to create things that we've never even seen before in the world. And yet there's no business training um, for that type of business. Let's talk about your journey some more. So you're enjoying some success, but can you take us back to the biggest challenge that you faced in business or otherwise? But what sticks out in your mind as the biggest challenge and what actionable steps did you take to overcome it, Jeffrey? So, you know, I always feel as though the biggest, and I, I've, I've answered it, people ask sometimes about the, you know, what's your biggest failure? And I always say, well, it's, I always feel like my biggest failure, my biggest challenge is like right now, right? And I know that sounds odd, but it's, it's, um, because I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm enjoying some great benefits of life and business. Um, and yet, I'm not one that holds on to the past a whole lot. So to me, it's like, what challenge is in front of me right now? 
right? So for me right now, the challenge is, uh, and to your point, it's it's probably, as challenges often are, it's not the first time I've seen this challenge, right? Sometimes these challenges are, are familiar. They come around. Um, it can be a pattern. So uh, for me, the a big challenge is I'm really putting a lot more effort into my public speaking platform. I did a considerable amount of public speaking a few years ago, uh, and then got heavily involved in my podcast when I launched that two years ago. And so for a good, you know, 18 months, almost two years, I really didn't do as much speaking uh, because I was devoting all my time to uh, the podcast. And then I finally realized I really needed, as much as I love the podcast, I need to get out from behind the mic um, because I love being on stage. And so we're rejuvenating that platform a lot. And, um, you know, it's just hard to get speaking engagements. And it always comes down to the same reason that the same challenge I may have had as a photographer or any other stages, which is how do you, how do you get your message across, right? I, you know, I, my challenge right now is I feel like there's a gap between what I can deliver as a speaker and what, how I get that message across in order to get hired. And I had, uh, I had this blatantly put in front of me a couple months ago where I spoke at a, an event and uh, the woman who hired me definitely took a gamble because I wasn't known to her, but I was referred to her very highly. And, and so she, I think, took a little bit of a leap of faith and uh, so loved my presentation. Uh, and it was kind of a breakout presentation, came up to me afterwards and said, you actually should have keynoted this whole event. But she said, but I will tell you what, you know, what I sent to her as if I was going to get hired, was did not nearly represent how good I delivered, right? So again, I feel like the the message is always, and it, it tends to be a pretty common challenge for us, is how effective are we at getting our best work across? Like, are we getting our message through? Is it really? Are we really representing ourselves well? That to me is an ongoing uh, challenge. That uh, I, I don't. I may not speak about myself good enough. And even though I have a whole team of people, we all recognize that we're not somehow getting that across right. I think it's great, Jeffrey, that we recognize those weaknesses and use them as opportunities to improve. Now, I want to flip that last question. Let's talk about your rewards. Why is it so great to be an entrepreneur? Why is it so great to be Jeffrey Shaw? (laughs) Well, I don't know why it's so great to be me. Well, it's so, one of the so great to be me right now is I just moved to Miami Beach uh, in the last couple of months from Manhattan, which I'm a, I'm a New Yorker through and through and love New York City and it will always be uh, my home and my heart. But living on the beach is really sweet. So you'd want to be with <laughs> me right now because of where I'm living. But um, yeah, the benefits of being an entrepreneur, like I said, I, I don't know any other way. But gosh, I mean, ultimately life is about freedom. Right, it's it's uh, it's that's what we're often seeking, and what being an entrepreneur can deliver for you. Maybe not right away, because let's face it, it, it takes a lot of hustle in the beginning, but it does offer the opportunity for a great deal of freedom and independence. Um, I also personally, you know, being an entrepreneur is, is such a journey of self exploration, and I love that part. I've always been somebody who loves personal development and, and growing myself and growing others as well. Um, I think inevitably when you become an entrepreneur, even if personal development isn't your thing you, or so you think, I don't think you cannot be challenged to grow by going into business. So to me, it's it being an entrepreneur can just be an incredible vehicle to advance your yourself and to uh, deepen your own understanding of who you are and, and how, where your place is in the world and your purpose, if you will. 
And I think a key statement you said there is growing others. I mean, that is your business. So let's talk about some of your customers and your clients. How do you most effectively connect with and grow your audience, Jeffrey? Help the up-and-coming entrepreneur understand a little bit about gaining some of that traction out there. Well, continually what you find is you have to put out a whole lot more value than, uh, than you'll see in return. Uh, I think entrepreneurs, we can inherently be a little impatient. We want results sometimes quicker than uh, we can, than, than it happens. Um, but I, th- I feel like the, the gap continues to increase from how much we need to put out of value to the world and the results that we get. It seems like that just keeps increasing. And maybe now it's like, you know, 100 to 1, where maybe it used to be 50 to 1, meaning, and that's, that's not a scientific number, but just that, that feeling of, man, I need to put out a lot of value, whether it's writing articles for Huffington Post or the, or the podcast. Um, I've been doing my podcast for two years. We're up to 165 episodes. Congratulations on that, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, and you know, it's a lot of work. And, you know, we're, and you're doing, what, five episodes a, a week, I think, right? Doing five a week, yeah. yep. Uh, it's a nice, start- shiny, nice, shiny product at the end, but yeah, it's a, it's a lot of work in the meantime. It's a lot of work, right? So there's a huge commitment there, and, and you're putting out a you know, and you are putting out an amazing value, and um, you realize that, man, you got to put out a lot of value. You have to, you really do have to have a lot of, um, you know, a lot of lead magnets out there, if you will, in order to attract the right people and filter out the others. Um, so, you know, I do that by by creating a lot of content. I write a lot of articles. The podcast we recently made, recently made a big change on Creative Warriors. Just a, I think three weeks ago, uh, we added a third episode a week. We were at two episodes a week. We added a third, which is called Creative Warriors Talking Stick. And that is just me. I'm a guest-run show. Um, but we added this third episode, which is episodes of just me talking about one specific topic, seven to nine minutes. And that came from direct feedback from our audience. People were like, look, we love your show. You have amazing guests. I actually want to know more about you. And we did for our 100th episode, I had myself interviewed. I was the guest. And it was hugely popular and it made us made us realize that people wanted to hear more from me and it's so it's they wanted more more direct content from me rather than just being a good host they wanted more direct content um so that to me is how that's how you build those relationships is just put out a whole lot of value be part of groups participate in those groups don't just join every linkedin group actually play in them and give value and give helpful tips and build relationships um, that is and always has been the, my number one way of getting coaching clients more so than referrals because honestly in some businesses it's hard to get referrals because people want to keep you to themselves and, and coaching is somewhat like that people don't necessarily want me coaching their best friend um, especially if it's a competitive business and geographically, I don't coach people in, this, you know, in the same field in the same town either. So, um, you know, referrals is not, not necessarily the, the, the best way. It's, it's always been relationship building and putting out a whole lot of content. Great, actionable stuff. Now, you're a coach, you're a mentor, Jeffrey, but who holds you accountable? <laughs> I, uh, certainly myself, uh, my team. But I'm always, I, I've always sought support and, and always will. 
You know, I, I refer to it as what I call the positive escalator, right? I mean, as I move up the escalator, I need to have people that are ahead of me on the escalator so that they take me to the next rung so I can bring the next people behind me up as well. And we only need to be one or two steps of the ladder ahead of the people behind us to actually be of service to them. So I'm always increasing the ceiling at which I can serve by uh, working with coaches and mentors who hold me accountable at a higher level. I leave tomorrow for a really intense three-day uh, public speaking training with Michael Port, one of the best All right. in the country, right? I mean, this yep. doesn't get Huge. better than that. And uh, it's a handful of just six people one-on-one with Michael and his whole team for three days, just six of us. It's going to be, it's boot camp, boot camp for public speaking. Why? You know, because I want, I'm, I'm asking somebody like him, Michael Port, to hold me accountable to be a better speaker. For sure. Uh, just as a side note, I actually had Michael Port uh, scheduled in on my calendar a couple of months back. He had to cancel, and I've yet to get him back in there. I yeah, just hope, hoping to get him back in that calendar. He's a yeah. guy for sure. Yeah. Yep. So uh, let's uh, let's switch gears a little bit and have some fun here. So this is one uh, I should have prepared you for, but here we go anyway. Do you love to win or hate to lose, and why? Oh, do I love to win to hate to I have to say I hate to lose. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah, I have to say I hate I hate to lose because I, why is because I'm so freaking committed. Like if I commit to something, I go the long haul. So I, and I have to say this can be a detriment in business. Um, does not doesn't have to be, but it, it can prove to be a detriment because I, I suck at knowing when to call it quits because <laughs> I hate to lose. Give us some more actionable content here. Jeffrey, what do you do to wind down after a long or stressful day? Um, you know, I'm an all on or all off kind of guy. So a wind down for me would be quick. Um, you know, now and, and largely it's part of the re- big part of the reason why we moved to Miami Beach was um, because of what the ocean offered. Right, because in, being a New Yorker and having lived there my whole life uh, in, in New York City and the surrounding areas, that there's so much energy there that you have to, which is elevating and lifts you up, but you have to actually work hard to unwind. It's just like embedded in your, it's an assault of the senses and it's just embedded in your cells. And, and I loved that for so many years. But at this point, being in the field of helping other people, I need to take better care of myself. So I unwind with a, a nice, you know, either walk or just simply sitting on the beach and let the environment do it for me. I, I can't always strive and I'm just learning to, to not always be striving. And sometimes you can just be in the right place and the environment can unwind for you. Now let's boil this thing down. What is the one thing you want to share with our listeners about embracing their talents and forging their own path to success like you have? Own who you are, you know, just own it. Right. I mean, I think the biggest, uh, what I continually say is the biggest gap. I spoke earlier about my gap between uh, who, what I can deliver and how I seem to come across initially. Uh, there's a lot of gaps. That's, I think, 90% what I do about it as a coach is point out blind spots. And there's a huge gap that I'm always, a blind spot that I'm always pointing out to people, which is the gap between, you know, how deeply they own who they are, quirky, whatever it is, own who you are. And then make it marketable, right? Don't don't you can't just 
you can't make something marketable but not have it be you know really who you are. Just really own who you are. Just what's important to you, and then just make it really brandable uh, and a really tight brand, and then stick with it. And like I said, you need to own your brand too. That's what I'm saying. The, the the number one key I feel is just to own it. Own who you are. Be proud of who you are. Uh, quirks and all, warts and all, and then make it a brand that you own, so that your brand is tight. The image, your pricing. Your language, you know, look at your, some of your pop stars, people like Lady Gaga and, you know, some of your pop stars, they just, they own who they are and they have such a brandable image and they have, you know, community and little monsters, like they have language to their brand because they own it so well. That's the key. Look, I think you're saying that key is authenticity. And another thing that I don't think we really touched on too much yet is that consistency is key as well, right, Jeffrey? Yeah. Well, you know, the author, I love that you said authenticity. It's like the action side of authenticity is owning it. You know, it's not just, uh, you don't do the work of authenticity and figuring out what's authentic to you just so you could sit there and, you know, burn incense and be woo-woo and be like, I'm so authentic and that's great. (laughs) And I can get into that too. But the actionable side of authenticity is owning it. Like, this is who I am, and now I'm going to do something about it. And that's actually why I'm a business coach, because nothing pains me more than seeing amazingly talented people give up, right? So I want people to be successful, because no matter what field you're in, if you're talented and you're gifted and you're good at what you do, it will get nowhere if you don't figure out how for that thing to sustain you in your life. You will have to give it up. So you want to, you want to own it so that you can be successful, so that you can do more of what you're good at. It's kind of that simple. Own who you are. Great stuff. Now, we're winding down here, Jeffrey. I want to ask you this. What does the future look like for you and your business? Well, I'm writing my first book. Um, That'll be out next year. And um, I expect that to be a platform for a lot more public speaking. I'd like to... You know, talk about owning it. I want to own the fact that I want to be a whole lot more famous than I am. You know, and it's taken me it's taken me a lot of encouragement with coaches to actually be able to say that, you know, because I, I had all these hang-ups about being conceited and my mother just really being unhappy with me saying that. But you know, but to get what you want, you have to own it. And I'm owning the fact that I want a certain degree of popularity. And I'll say it differently. It's not even such fame. It's really recognition. What I want is recognition. I want to increase my level of recognition so that, and that's the key, so that I can reach more people and help more people that I think is, it's, this is a whole trend in our future of having entrepreneurs and creatives in business. This is, by 2030, 60% of the American work Workforce, um, probably true in Canada too. Sixty uh, percent of the American workforce will be uh, freelancers and entrepreneurs, and it's going to be a huge number of people that that aren't being taught how to be in business in a way that's comfortable to them. I want to change that. I don't want that to be the case. So I know that I need a much broader recognition. So I'm writing the book. Uh, so what the future looks like for me is a whole lot more recognition on broader and bigger stages, so they can reach more people. If people want to learn more and keep the finger on the pulse of your business, Jeffrey, how can they connect with you? Um, two ways. I'd say, you know, I've got a few websites, but probably the website they'd have most fun on is creativewarriorsunite.com. That's where the podcast resides. I have a lot of free content. That's We consider that our community website. It's not about me. It's about the world and community of creative warriors. And on that site, as well as you know, as a separate URL, if, uh, if one wants to, they can go to weekofthewarrior.com. Again, that's weekofthewarrior.com. This is a seven-day free online mini course that I put out there in the world that I think just gives people a taste of my thinking process and the way that I, I, I work as a coach. So people can have fun with that too. 
Great site with a lot of free content. Jeffrey, thank you so much for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. It's been great. You take care. You too, Rob. Thank you. Bidzy.com is the website that connects customers and respected local businesses. Customers list goods or services they need and businesses bid on them. Customers, if you're looking for a service provider or a local professional, go to Bidzy.com and post your projects for free. Businesses, if you're looking for new customers or a way to expand your customer base, sign up for your 30-day free trial today at Bidzy.com. Thank you for joining us today on Bidzy Small Business Society. Go to Bidzy.com for information and resources on how you can grow your business. Support Bidzy Small Business Society by writing a review and giving us a five-star rating in iTunes. Your positive review and five-star rating will allow us to continue bringing you free, valuable content from amazing and inspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners. Rate and review Bidzy Small Business Society today. 